0: Welcome to another episode of I'm No Expert, a craft beer podcast. I'm Chris Laudensleger, and every single week I sit down with a friend and a pint, and we talk about the craft beer industry. This week, we have a very special guest in a very special location. Um, I'm here with Jonathan Mullins. Uh, you are the head brewer at Broad Ripple Brew Pub. Correct. Which is where we are today. Yes. Yes. Um, so, I mean, when did you start brewing? Uh, as an individual, I've been brewing for about nine years
1: now. I uh, started off home brewing. Um, slowly but surely, just got more and more into brewing, uh, and then there was just one particular year I just kind of said, you know, here, here I am. I'm just gonna brew as much as possible. Started getting into competitions and stuff like that, uh, just to get feedback on my beers mm-hmm. uh, and to improve my my beers from from a homebrew standpoint. Um, December. T- 2013, uh, Union Brewing Company opened its doors and I brewed batch one with Cameron Fila uh, who's now uh, running Redemption Ale Works. Uh, And then I was kind of doing that part-time while still having an office job. Uh, So kind of just getting my feet wet and getting some networking uh, done while I was there. Uh, And then uh, my office job contract left me. Uh, so to speak, uh, and so I kind of decided to just jump into this full time. Uh, went and talked to Rob Caputo at the time, Flat uh, 12, and uh, he said, "Sure, come on in, try it." Tried it, loved it. Uh, kind of worked my way up from, you know, bottling, kegging, cleaning, grunt work to the brew deck there. And uh, as soon as I hit the brew deck there, uh, this job was kind of presented to me. I uh, came in interviewed with John Hill, uh, who was the owner and proprietor of this, along with his wife, this uh, wonderful establishment here in Broad Ripple. Um, and it was started in 1990, uh, so kind of fell into this on its 25th year. I literally came in on the 24-year anniversary and will be celebrating my one year soon after
0: the 25th Uh Year anniversary because the because Brew Pub it's 25 years in November November right? 14th correct That's the exact for for 25 years yes and then so you've been here for little a, a little less than a year
1: little less than a year November 17th will be my my one year mark so I'm three days after Brew Pub turns 25 I'll be here for a full year so uh, it's kind of been a trip you know getting in here and getting my feet wet and uh, kind of just being. The only one to blame for everything, because now you know there's no team of people. There's uh, only me, and I'm the only one to blame if something goes wrong with the beer or, or anything like that. Even if it's just as minor as the beer's not pouring or something like that, and it's just as easy as forgetting to open a valve or something. So, uh, so every little nuance here is is all me, um, except for. My lovely grain-out guy comes in after every day and grabs my grain for me, uh, so I have a vessel ready for the next day. Uh, other than that, I do everything here uh, on my own accord and come up with ideas past you know, keeping the regular beers on tap.
0: How many regular beers do you have here?
1: Uh, we currently have four um, that we keep on all the time, uh, and that would be our IPA, uh, the Lawnmower, uh, ESB, and the Porter, um, are the four that we keep on all the time. Uh, and then past that, I'll bring in some old, old favorites, uh, try to create some hopefully new favorites at the same time, uh, and just kind of keep everything, uh, rotating through, uh, you know, I guess the, the beer lines. Yeah. Um, we've got eight taps all together that are legitimately, I try to keep beer on those at all time that is ours, um, we have eight guest taps, uh, two which usually have ciders and meads on. Um, we try to pull from from all local on those taps as well, even when it comes down to the beer. Uh, so it's, it's all breweries from Indiana. Um, so we try to support local as much as possible in that sense. Yeah. Uh, past that, though, I also get to take over those lines whenever I feel the necessary. You have that power to yeah, say, oh, yeah. today
0: instead we're going to do three or four of our, of our beers instead. Right,
1: right. Uh, so one of the first things I did when I came in was uh, kind of a little hop experiment. I did a big batch of a single hop mosaic pail, uh, and then three small batches. Uh, one was Cascade, another one Polaris, another one Fuggle. Uh, and I kind of said, hey, let's tap all three of these small ones at the same time, and we tapped a big one. Um, and we got a pretty good show for that, uh, you know, those... I think we tapped it on like a Friday night and it was pretty much done that night, all those beers, except for the big batch. Uh, so uh, it was kind of exciting. Uh, got my creative juices flowing a little bit more uh, as far as what I could pull off here. Uh, and then I you know, found out that we were gonna have a baby, so a lot of that <laughs> slowed down. Uh, I'm trying to get Ramp back up now that we're turning 25, so I have a lot of special beers coming out for that. Um, that'll be kind of exciting, some barrel-age stuff. Uh, got a couple sneak previews at barrels on Bana this last weekend for from the audience out there, uh, and then um, just bringing back a lot of the old favorites, uh, and uh, you know just kind of having fun with getting some of the old brewers that have been here in the past, getting them to bring in some fun beers for us to uh, to try as well. Um, we'll have a trailer outside and and all that kind of fun stuff uh beer trailer outside beer inside so you can buy beer in both places and be different beer in two different locations so kind of give you an excuse to go inside and out um and spread the love around the, the whole entire day so
0: um to look forward to beer wise yeah, so it's, a, well, it's like a full celebration, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Inside, outside, the outside down 25. the street, <laughs> right. um, we'll
1: see how big it gets. <laughs> uh, Gonna take down
0: the mona <laughs> and just like close it down and have everybody come down this way.
1: Uh, I don't know, I don't know if we can pull that off, it might just accidentally happen, but uh, definitely, uh, it'll be pretty big. Um, you know, a lot of the I'm hoping that a lot of the brewers. You know, who's anybody who's anybody, you know, will show up, minus, you know, the guys that used to here. So, uh, I'm the sixth, uh, which, you know, 25 years, it's not a lot of brewers that have rolled through the doors. No. Uh, which is pretty impressive for a place this small. Um, a lot of people could easily treat this as a breeding ground for you know, coming in and learning, which, you know, that's kind of what John Hill always envisioned anyway. Uh, and we still kind of hold true to that a little bit, um, kind of looking at maybe uh, in the not so near future, maybe next year sometime, getting, you know, some unpaid interns to roll through here and work with me for a couple weeks or a month, uh, see see what they think about working in a brewery. And, You know, kind of be one of those. So you want to want to run a brewery? Well, this is what it's like. Uh, It's not all fun and games. (laughs) It's not. We don't sit around and drink all day. You know, get wasted. Uh, There's a lot of work and a lot of a lot of things you have to think about uh, when it comes to the quality of beer and the consistency of beer and kind of you know developing your palate and your skill set all at the same time uh, as a brewer is sometimes a challenge, and a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into that when you're really serious about it. And in today's market, you know, you're kind of looking at all these breweries opening up, you know, almost literally left and right, Mm -hmm. up and down the street. (laughs) Literally up and down the street. (laughs) up and down the street. Um, And it's... You know, it's no bother to us. You know, we're still going to be here. We're still going to be doing our thing. Um, you know, sure, we've probably seen a little bit of fall off, but it, it was never that much, and we're pretty steady now. So um, I think you'll see just influxes. As new places open, people will gravitate towards that and then come back through here. And uh, But now with so many options, it's a lot harder to uh, keep up with know being creative and new and innovative uh you know because these guys that open up their doors they can easily do that they can be innovative out of the gate you know i mean central state's a prime example they're doing all Brett beer pretty much so you know when you're putting that stamp on it you know you're you're solidifying yourself and I'm doing this from the get-go and that's all we're going to do, you know, and here I've got established beers that I'm working with. I've got established recipes that I'm working with outside of those, those beers. Uh, I get to play around a little bit, but it's not like I can throw, just go in and throw in a sour batch of beer, you know, and try to rock that out here in this brew pub because, you know, 25 year old equipment might not handle that. So all of a sudden I'm brewing sour ESV. (laughs) So those are things I got to watch out for, um, but I still get to have fun. I still get to play around with stuff. Um, in fact, one of the things I did for the 25 year, uh, turning 25, was ask 25 other breweries for 25 pounds of grain each. Uh, they get to choose what it was. Uh, and I literally got 25 different styles of grain uh, to throw into this beer. So uh, it's, it's not anything I haven't taken on, you know, from that aspect, uh, but it's something that, uh, I knew I would enjoy doing, uh, nobody really turned me down, uh, did have to travel, that was fun, um, we'll be posting that story on our, our webpage, uh, we got a little blog on our webpage, so I'll have that story posted, uh, very soon, um, so, kind of watch out for that you'll see what breweries were involved what they provided what the day was you know kind of like for me what what it was like traveling around all these other breweries to collect grain and who was bringing me what and how it all played out so uh, and then being able to surprise John Hill was probably the best part of it uh, because he had no idea I was running around behind his back doing this you know the guy that has all the connections I could have easily asked him hey uh you know, hook me up with Three Floyds or hook me up with, you know, whoever, you know, Upland or whoever your contact is there. I could have easily said, hey, John, just do that for me. But that took the element of surprise out uh, pretty quickly if I had done that. So fortunately, I found the connections I needed, made it happen, uh, pulled it off, and he just so happened to be in here to resolve an issue in the kitchen that day, and I said, "Hey, why don't you come back here? I'm brewing something special for you," and it worked out. And then he ended up giving everybody that was here that day kind of a history lesson <laughs> on uh, you know breweries in Indiana and uh, you know his place in that. Uh, so uh, he kind of had fun with it, and then went out about you know about his day. And, um, it was just kind of a good. Good to see that because that's, you know, the state's huge on camaraderie uh, and community when it comes to the brewing industry, um, and just, you know, the outreach was, I probably could have had every brewery in the state pretty much hand me grain over, and that would have been awesome. So maybe if we get to 200 before uh, we get to 200 breweries, <laughs> we could pull that off. Uh, it's, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, that's... So it's a special beer that's coming out. Um, Does it have a name, or is it just like a special... the special secret beer? <laughs> <A> secret 25-year <laughs> right, beer? It's like. definitely not
1: a secret anymore. <laughs> uh, the style's not... Uh, it's just an ale. Um, we'll try it here in a minute. I, I got some out here in the picture for you. Um, but it's... it's uh, We're calling it the last day of camp, because you kind of, you know... Okay. That morning, you get up, you just what do I got left in the cooler? Let's just throw it in the skillet, cook it up, and, you know, snuff out the fire. Uh, so it goes really well, too, because there's a little bit of smoke, smokiness to it. Somebody provided me some smoke malt, so uh, that, of course, went in there, and I did not cut down on any of the ingredients. I, you know, I made sure there was 25 pounds of whatever it Something, was, yum. but uh, past that, I didn't cut it down underneath 25. So I uh, stayed true to what they handed me for the most part. Um, so just, as it warms up and right now you know you're not getting the full effect but as it warms up you get a little bit more of that smokiness to start to come through. Uh, in the beginning you get a lot of dark fruit so cherry and um, a little bit of like Russian Imperial style kind of start to it and then it just finishes with this smoky dryness that almost you know is unheard of for a Russian Imperial style. Like, it usually stays pretty sweet on your tongue. Uh, this dries out because of all the other malts that are thrown in there, you know, like the and rye and wheat. That just really changes the pH balance of, of that grain bill pretty quickly. So because of that, you know, it finishes pretty dry. Uh, it literally was probably the longest I've ever waited for a beer to ferment. <laughs> Uh, it took all of four weeks to get it all the way down uh, to terminal gravity. So uh, I was thoroughly impressed yeah. on how long that took. I just kept watching it and watching it and watching it and babying it. and I made it to the end, and now I have the end result. So uh, I'm really happy with it, but like I said, there's not really a style you can put on it. There's a couple different styles you can put into it. Um, you know, it's... This is, like, me being creative, I guess, uh, in a way. It's something I probably would have gravitated towards naturally of, oh, what grains do I have left in the, you know, the garage out here? Mm-hmm. Kind of go from that. Uh, you
0: do know. you think that working with the equipment that you have and, like, the space that you have makes you more creative? Um. Or do you feel a little bit confined or a little bit of both? Or I mean, I, I'm shorter on tank space than...
1: But not really, um, I have quite a few tanks in there, uh, surprisingly enough um, which which helps quite a bit uh, you know with moving stuff around. Uh, I have a minimal amount of kegs, so i can 't like always keg something off and move it out of the way and get something else on. but I do have room to play around um, definitely uh, if I wanted to do a seven barrel batch uh, and come up with something completely new and innovative i I could totally do that. Uh, This year I've been focusing on getting us to 25 and uh, trying to figure out, you know, how to put my stamp on on the brewery at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Something like that was definitely, you know, brewing a batch of beer like that was definitely kind of putting my stamp on it. Like, I'm just accepting the challenge that everybody's bringing me all these different grains and... And uh, providing them for for this batch of beer, so it's a it's a lot of fun uh, to to think of things like that, and then to be able to execute them in the end and pull everything off around that. Uh, that's kind of you know fun for me. Um, there'll be far and few between, but I can definitely you know play around and be creative. Um, I have a sm- I brought my homebrew system in, so I can make very small batches. Um, I'm just limited on keeping fermentation control right now. I'm um, trying to figure that out so that I can, you know, have the same control over those batches that I would on a, on my seven barrel system. So um, once I get that figured out, I'll probably start going back to that a little bit more and, uh, you know, uh, getting a little more creative. I have some ideas written down on the board right now,
0: uh, so we'll we'll see what what kind of happens. See what happens yeah. to the, uh, good, I definitely wanted to that that kind of like small batch versus like larger batch. I mean, having a, a homebrew system. I've never heard of that in bringing your your own homebrew thing into. Is that like a normal thing that you know a lot of brewers do? That like where they do super super small test batches and kind of. Uh,
1: I think mine fits this system, so it just made sense. Like I did five gallon batches, so it's easy for me to translate five gallons to seven barrels. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll see it like 512 has their 12 gallon series, you know, they're doing 12 gallon batches, um, and they're, you know, having fun with that, you know, uh, of course, again, they have a whole team of people that can help, you know, keep that going kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, you'll see it. I, I think a lot of people stop bypassing that at at some point, I do it because it gives me an extra way to tap a beer and play around at the same time. Um, you know, I've got a, a tighter community of followers here, um, or regulars, as you'll you'll have it. Um, you'll start seeing them kind of sit around us here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, they break out the you know the boards and play bags and stuff like that. Uh, so it's you know, that's who I'm, who my driving community is. Everything else is to try to bring in maybe that new regular customer who's, you know, keeping an eye out on new things that are coming out and always interested in, in some of the new and still has that traditional beer that they like. Um, so that's kind of how I have to break it down. I, you know, I, I can do special stuff, but, you know, I'm, you know, I'm limited on tap lines and, you know, how many kegs I get to play with and how I set that up. Um, so it's it's doable. I just haven't really gotten into that rhythm yet. Um, and
0: we'll probably pick that back up in the wintertime. And what, what I like about Broaddable Brew Pub, you were mentioning kind of like getting the regular crowd compared to the people who are kind of floating around. I mean, there's I've been to a couple like new openings over the past like six months, um, a few places in Ohio and a few places here and um, there's the the space I think is like a huge factor um, and I think that, that rotble brew pub has like this kind of like really like well-grounded uh, like neighborhood feel yeah almost
1: yeah uh, it's it's established after an English pub you know it's where everybody would get off work and come and, you know, shoot the shit, and talk, talk about politics over beers, and that's, you know, kind of what the atmosphere is like here. It's, you know, it's, it's funny because people complain about how dark it is, and mm-hmm. I'm like, go to England, man. Go, <laughs> go sit in the brew pub in England. The stuff that they do in movies is way too well lit, you know, and he's, you know, he's a it's what he wanted. He wanted his, you know, kind of his his clubhouse so to speak and that's that's what this has become for him especially now that he's mostly retired and he come, he'll come he come out here and hang out with the regulars and uh, yeah, have a good time and um, you know he, he, as a brewery you get to know the regulars pretty quickly too uh, but the funny thing is when I started here I actually was friends with probably a third of those regulars already because <laughs> uh, I I don't live too far from this neighborhood are too too far from here i'm only a couple miles away so i can ride my bike up to monon if i want to do that to come to work uh but it's it is community i mean that's that's exactly what the brew pub is and uh it kind of you know spreads out past that you know in the beer world because john hill being you know one of the first ones on the block as far as craft beer goes and kind of you know watching people roll through his door and go on to do their thing um, you know you got Gil who uh, was his first brewer now works for Miller Coors um, unfortunately now mm. maybe in <laughs> Uh we'll see what the sure intro- Uh but he he works in there, you know their um kind of their, uh, craft batch, whatever you call it, uh, program there and leads that up, um, does his own thing, he doesn't, you know, he's all the way up in Milwaukee, so, <laughs> you know, he's in his own little element in the world right now, uh, then have Greg Emmerich who, uh, you know, opened up Lafayette Brewing Company, um, kind of follows the same suit as John, um, Then you have uh, Ted Miller who opened up Rouge, kind of catty corner to us and now Outliers uh, and, you know, John has a great relationship with all these guys as well. So, Uh, then once Ted was done, Kevin took over and he was here rocking it I think for 17 years, 18 years, something like that and then Treater took over for him for a couple years and went back down to Oak and Barrel and then I took over. So, It's kind of the current lineage of brewers here at the brew pub. There have been a handful of people that have either worked here and been inspired to get into the brewing industry uh, or, you know, open up their own doors and they've since closed or what have you. So, uh, you know, plenty of, plenty of, like, outlets as far as the family tree in Indiana goes for... For John Hill it's just huge you know because Greg's trained people and they've gone on to open up breweries. you know Chris Johnson opened up Peoples and he worked for for Greg for for a while uh so it's um it's just huge to watch this and we're all because of where we came from and who we learned from are part of this community um that's just it's just huge you know um Sure, we have our little spats from time to time. (laughs) We all have our differences, you know, as far as what our goals are. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all making great beer. And uh, we all enjoy talking over a pint of each other's beers about beer or something else going on. So uh, that's kind of what, you know, John wanted to start. I
0: feel like he has, and it's just spread across the state, so... It's almost like uh he's he's uh cultivating really great brewers yeah a little bit a little bit yeah uh I, I think you know i think everybody
1: when they open up their doors they have you know high hopes and goals and, and stuff like that and they s- might struggle out of the gate or get it right away and you know but that's what's also great about this is we're all here to learn off of one another and you know even though we all kind of own our own business it's we still want to watch others succeed and make sure that you know they're doing doing the beer or community right we don't you know want people getting used to die or something like that you know we, we want to make sure that beer's been, being brewed right and help them out wherever we can and you know give them some advice from time to time if they're asking for it uh you know and I, I don't by any means consider myself an expert but you know i I've gone through the proper training to understand, you know, like what off flavors are and what, you know, how to control, you know, consistency in beers and stuff like that. So to be able to pass that knowledge on is is huge. Um, And then, you know, we do great as a state. You know, we've started having our own little mini brewers conference that I hope does continue every year. Um, That happened for the first time this spring, early spring into winter kind of thing. Uh, and that was, that was interesting, and I, I can see that kind of growing into a, a nice format for just our state, so we don't all have to travel out to CBC uh, and be the, the big... <laughs> You know, Villa Van. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, oh man, I got to travel all the way out to the West Coast for this. Like, I'm not complaining too much because there's really great beer out there, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's nice to not have to travel all the time. And there's a different feel
0: between West Coast Brewers and Midwest Indiana Brewers, especially.
1: There is. There's a a different mindset of culture um, as well. Uh, Those guys out there, I mean, they've been doing it for so long that they've primed. You know, their people, and now they're all well versed in beer. In the Midwest, you don't so much have that. You just have people that know what tastes good, at least, and that's what they
0: gravitate towards. So, uh, so you're saying that people that the breweries out the out west have kind of their communities are craft beer people, and Indiana's more. Good beer people? I I would say they're both craft beer people. I just think they have
1: a a a more rounded base uh, for the craft beer crowd out there. Um, You know, here you watch, and and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but you do see like people, um, you know talk about beer like they know what they're talking about but they really don't out there you'll probably have a higher majority of people that do talk about craft beer that do know what they're talking about so they're able to discuss like beer in a way that you know makes makes sense you know like they could give feedback to the brewer of you know, more than, why oh, yeah, that tastes good or it tastes bad? Or, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm kind of getting this weird flavor on the back end. Is that what you meant to do? Mm-hmm. Like, you can have that conversation. Uh, I find that happens, you know, a little less here than what I imagine happens out there. Because, I mean... There's a ton of breweries out there that are probably yeah. 25 years old. <laughs> uh, so they've been around a lot longer and have been able to, you know, the, those guys have been drinking beer a lot longer and learning a lot longer than the Midwest has. That's, I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. And we're getting there, I'm, you know, and it's just going to take some time and uh, patience from both ends, you know, and... that's something i'm hoping that as as brewers in the state as we do talk to people uh kind of help lend an ear towards that education if they're willing to kind of open up to that and accept our you know our guidance from where we're coming from with beer you know like i'm gonna confuse every beer geek out there with (laughs) with this 25 year anniversary ale that i brewed um it's going to be hard for a lot of beer judges to come in and, you know, I guess judge it in quotes. Uh, but they'll have a hard time trying to figure out what style it is because I'm not putting a style on yeah. it. So I can tell you what it's going to drink like. I'm going to use a description and then, you know, hopefully you see most of what's in that description or uh, you're picking those flavors up when, when you are drinking it. And then if not have a discussion with me what are you picking up and that's the kind of that's the kind of platform we need to get to eventually uh to really start discussing how craft beer and beer is moving uh throughout the state and what people are looking for and you know there's so much going on that it's hard to kind of round everything into that and and uh that information as a brewer mm-hmm. and like you know because we as brewers there's not many of us that just want to come into work and brew the IPA every day you know it's, it's not we're all we all have some form of creativeness where we have to break away from the norm and, and do something else and crazy and hopefully innovative and new um, I think a lot of us are out there looking for that new style so I guess it's I guess it's educating, you know, that the public, you know, what what they should be looking for. If you're really a beer geek, like you, you should be teaching yourself and training your palate and and getting to, getting familiar with flavors and you know, not just like citrus flavors and IPAs. You know, get used to the piney, resiny flavors that come out of IPAs. Um, get used to of you know, dark fruit overtones in IPAs. It's gonna start happening. There's plenty of hops out there. They have a tremendous amount of flavor profiles. And as they become you know more available, hopefully people out there on the in the market are keeping up with the idea that hops can have mint, lemon, lime, uh, date, what whatever, you know. So it's and it's that and what yeasts are doing and stuff like that. So, breweries like Central State, you know, um, they're kind of pushing that envelope a little bit, um, and it's good to see that starting to happen um, as breweries are opening up. They're uh, not just sticking to the traditional. Um, personally, I'd like to see somebody open up an all lager house. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, just, you know, doing a bunch of Oktoberfests yeah. and fun lagers and having fun, you know doing some barrel-aged loggers, I could see that being a lot of fun. So it's, it's getting to that point, you know, where that's... I could see people getting very specific in what they're brewing um, as they open up their doors. I mean, there's still plenty of room, but at the end of the day, you got to distinguish yourself. Um, so, you know, that's why I said, you know, these new guys are opening up their doors, they're able to do that. We're here, like, what can we do to be innovative? But still be true to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it's kind of a fun problem-solve, you know, puzzle for me to solve uh, on a daily basis. You're like, what can I do next that's going to maybe bring in that, you know, one or two people extra this week that, you know, might be looking for something new
0: beer-wise? Beer and yeah. how do we get that word out? So And it is a business. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, it it, it's and And to be fair, I am a uh, a person who knows good beer and what I, and I'm not a beer geek at right, this point right um, I don't know all the flavors and I don't know all the of the thing all of the uh, the breakdown that I could do sure
1: and I, I'm not saying that I want you to be a beer geek. I want you to like do nothing but talk about beer like obviously you have other interests in life you know I'm not. Well, I guess
0: that's an assumption. But, but I mean, but I, I, I think you brought up a good point. It starts those more meaningful dialogues. Yep. When you can sit and talk to somebody a little bit more in-depthly about the, the beer, beer that, they're, that drinking. they're drinking. Yes. Instead of, do you like it or do you not like it? Right. Oh, it's this style or it's not this style. or right. it's the. I almost pull it back to the analogy of... Um, Fine art, which is kind of a little snooty, but there's there's a thing called the artist statement mm-hmm. that's usually next to a piece of artwork. Right. You know, you go to the IMA and you go see an old, uh, you know, Eastern European artwork, and there's a little statement that were uh, the title of the piece, right? Um, which gives you a completely different. You look at it, then you can see the artist statement, what they were actually meaning. Then, if the artist is actually there you can get even more, like a different, deeper meaning. Right. But if you spend your time in galleries and you spend your time talking to other people about art and you've went to school for art a little bit and you kind of know those core concepts, then when you talk to the artist, you can kind of be a little bit more critical because you have a foothold. Right. You can kind of say, not only do I like this, but I like the way you did this. Mm-hmm. And I think that dialogue is, is one that could be really beneficial. In the craft beer world, yeah, specifically, I
1: guess guess that's kind of what I'm getting at is we we just need to start talking to our public and uh, making ourselves available. And no matter what business you're you're working for, I think that's a strong point uh, that you want to, I guess, open that door of dialogue so that you know you know what that business's intent is. Um, Whether you're, um, you know, Three Floyds, Five Twelve. Uh, beer you know, us what
0: you
1: know and as you're open longer you have to refocus those things too I think yeah, you know, some people are growing you know We John Hill never chose to grow um, he just this is what he always wanted and he he's done a great job you know doing what he's done for 25 years uh, you know everybody else that's coming out, as you can see, the market's getting more and more flooded on the shelf space, so it's going to be harder for somebody to open a production brewery and easily get away with it, so um, as you start to you know, form your intent and informing your, your public uh, what your intent is um, you know, it's something I even did when I first came here with the regulars, just what are you guys looking for? What do you want out of your beer? You know, what What can I try to do to, you know, either improve on it or, you know, is there something I should, you know, watch out for? Um, pretty much got told if the IPA and the lawnmower and the ESV were ever off tap, I'd probably be lynched. So, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> we'll keep those on there, all right. Yeah, got that. Uh, never run out. Got it. All okay. right. <laughs> so, uh... But, you know, past that, you know, people were asking for some of the old favorites right out of the gate. So that's something else I did when I first started here. was, like, looking through the archives of recipes. And, you know, one of the things I noticed from one of their first books, like, they logged every beer they did, which was great for me, because now I can go back to these, and there's a recipe for a dark wheat. I'm like, you guys are doing a dark wheat before anybody even thought about doing a dark wheat. (laughs) Like remotely close to it. Twenty years later, maybe somebody thought about that, but you know, it's sure we, we do traditional things. But even from the get-go, you know, we're doing not traditional things. You know, it's 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 part of the fun of being here, and then it's also part of the fun of being in the community because uh, when you collaborate, you get to have even more fun with that. So um, that's something else I'm gonna start doing a little bit more of here: is collaborating with other breweries, bringing bringing that community back kind of back at uh, on a whole now that we're at 25 years and then that opens me up to go to other events and talk about the beers and um you know it's it's. I guess it's a good way to just kind of get back out and, and spread, spread your wings a little bit you know get to know other brewers a little bit um Keep in contact with the connections you've already made. Uh, It's just a great way to keep the camaraderie going, you know, throughout the state. Um, So that's... Yeah, I guess I got off topic. No, that's okay. Brewery intent, you know. That's kind of, you know, we're all like-minded people. You know, we're we're either working for a business or, you know, we're running our own business as a brewer. And it just need to keep that focus on our beer and our product and informing the public of what they are drinking And um, I mean if you're not I think as, as more and more breweries open if they're not doing that and engaging the public uh, in that way then you might start seeing them kind of fail as people get wiser um, so there's a lot of that too you know if our beer's not strong, we're not staying open. There's no way. You know, we'll... We we would not be able to. Yeah. You know, we're, there's too much competition now. So, I guess once you do have your set standards, then do those right and then have fun past that.
0: What do you What do you kind of mean by if a brewery doesn't do any kind of, like, community outreach?
1: Uh, or I would say so much community outreach. I, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of that, but... I guess I guess just kind of being available for your public and being able to, you know, wisely talk about, about the beer and from, you know, a staff standpoint, and informing the staff, and um, that's kind of something I'm starting to work on here is getting our staff a little more informed about the beer and, and what, what goes into it and what they're drinking and... Know, what the processes are so that they can come out here and talk to new and old customers about the beer and the product that they're serving. Um, so that's, I guess that's kind of what I mean to, you know, pass on that education. You know, the brewers and the owners all have to work together to pass all that down, all the way down to the public. So mm-hmm. even if it's not a brewer one-on-one with somebody in the public, then, it's, you know a server or a, a, somebody in the tap room who can correctly talk to you about that beer you know and even if they don't like it still talk to you you know uh, you know from that standpoint of well this is what the beer this is the style of beer it is it's brewed to have these characteristics and, and these are the characteristics that we get strongest out of uh you know, and then you can leave that whole, well, do you like it or not? Uh, what's your favorite beer out of this equation? Because, you know,
0: we love those questions, but... It's kind of like this other beer that's different, yeah. but not exactly the same. It's so. like
1: every other IPA you've ever had. What do you want? <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's trying to get away from those questions and having to field those questions. And, you know, then, you know, your favorite might not be my favorite, um, I mean I'm for one still searching for my favorite beer but I have a lot that I thoroughly enjoy and really like and I have styles that I do enjoy brewing um, I you know one of my favorite ingredients to work with is rye um, and I use kind of a heavy hand in that uh, a lot of the recipes that I do use rye in um, so much so that I kind of started brewing a Rogan beer, and there's not a lot of commercial examples in there. And, you know, that's something else that you're going to start seeing. You're, you're seeing a lot of group beers pop up, you know, where there's pretty much no hops used. It's all just seasoned, like uh, seasonings and uh, herbs and stuff like that. So I'm actually working on developing a recipe uh, to release around Christmas time here, and uh, that will involve pine cones so okay uh, yeah it'll be a little different kind of fun to do uh, but it'll kind of has that that's where you're getting your flavors from is these these herbs and what have you uh, instead of like just throwing in a ton of hops and calling it calling right, you know? no so, it a day. So, I mean, first off, pots are expensive. I mean, I'm collecting pine cones out here behind the brew pub, so those are, you know, free, and then it's up to me to sanitize and pasteurize them in a way that won't harm the beer. Uh, so, I'm starting to collect those now so that I can have them, have enough ready for the brew day and, and that kind of stuff as it rolls around.
0: So, just a random thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like random. I, I, I know that rogue farms, in general, because I follow them on Twitter and I see it all the time, they've been getting into uh, spirits. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of an an interesting turn that I've seen a few different uh, breweries go into spirits and a few actually like lo- local craft distilleries. Um, yeah. I mean, is that something that you would ever want to look into? Ever want to do a collaboration with? I mean, like uh, wh- c- collaboration, definitely. Um, me personally,
1: distilling's um, a whole other learning curve, um, and I'm still trying
0: to learn how to brew. Mm-hmm. Um, you well, know, this. Well you're still you're, you've been brewing for. You don't stop learning. If you stop learning, then you're not really brewing beer. Uh, I
1: mean, there's always, like here especially, there's always something that you're going to have to fix or, you know, you. when I brewed this batch, I was boiling off as fast as I was putting into it, and so I had to turn off the boiler for a while <laughs> after I realized that, and having a bunch of people around me kept me from catching that sooner, but I caught it. Um. So there's just some caramelization to this. Beer, yeah, okay. Some caramelization. All right. Um, so it's you know it's it's one of those uh things where yeah I would love to do it. You know I would I would love to figure out how to rig it up here to do even on a small batch where we just sell it here and that's mm-hmm. our whiskey. That's our rum. That's you know that's that. But being me being the only person here and not having the extra hand to play around with that idea uh, becomes a challenge for me and that's just one of those things I'm not ready to add to my plate yet. But I would totally love to collaborate with, you know, somebody local uh, that's, you know, and I know there's plenty of other breweries right now doing that. You know, they're passing barrels back and forth between one one another where they're pulling the gin out of it and then putting beer into it and uh then that beer goes back down to that same distiller and they're putting that same jam back mm-hmm. into it and so then you're just getting all these crazy flavor profiles and you know at, at some point you're gonna see i i was down talking to a distillery down in uh, covington not too long ago uh i think called the rift uh Brand new. I don't think has actually officially sold a bottle of whiskey yet. Okay. But uh, <laughs> they're working on it. Uh, I'm in line for one of those bottles whenever it comes to my turn. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but they're they're hiring you know brewers from like Sam Adams and stuff like that. So what they're doing is they're you're taking these solid brewers to work with the grain bills of their whiskey. Um, so you're going to kind of see that trend start to settle in um, a little bit more from these craft craft guys, uh, craft distilleries. Uh, so, yeah, I could see collaborations yeah. <laughs> left and right. And I'm sure, you know, it's the same thing with, with Rogue. And New Holland has their own program up in Michigan. and, and So you're going to see these guys... Having Coopers build build their barrels for them, they're gonna put whiskey into it or gin or whatever, and then they're gonna pull that stuff out, pull that spirit out, and put beer into it, and then put pass it back and forth, and they can do whatever they want because they have these programs where they can play with one another. Um, you know, so if I get get my hands on somebody who is willing to do that, yeah, I would love to have that. Uh, you know, back and forth playfulness that a lot of these guys are starting to get their hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah,
0: I I think it's a great idea just not up my alley right now. Okay, okay. Um, Alright, do you want let's, uh, we can try the the, the no-name, it's a, it's a it's special, 25, uh, 25... Last, 20 last twi- Day of Camp. Last that's Day of Camp, of that's what it yeah. was.
1: Uh, it's 25 grains, 25 other breweries, uh, you know, big, small, uh, just all people that have either been a part of John Hill's life or mine in one way or another. So it's kind of combining the new and old together as much as possible. Um, so, cheers, cheers.
0: Okay. There's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> there, <it's- laughs>
1: It's, and it's going to be hard to grab just one flavor, so it's going to confuse everybody's palate, but that's kind of what I like about this food. Yeah. Like, I want you to come in and go, never had this before, but it's it's good. And every time I take a drink, I'm getting something new. Yeah. You know, And, and getting it from cold to starting to let it warm up, you start to introduce a whole new layer of flavors uh, and aromas that, that come out of it. So that's... That's something that that makes this beer kind of, to me, kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, That I could... You can brew with 25 different grains and get something like this out of it, you know. And that's... To me, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, especially from a, a mostly collaborative effort. <laughs> Not every brewery made it down or up for for the day, but, you know, the, their hearts were in the right place. So that's that's all that was important, was making sure I could pull that off. So, uh, But I, you know, for me, when I first... When I first pull this beer, now that it's cold, I'm getting a ton of dark fruit. Um, you know, it, and then it just kind of finishes off with a little touch of smoke and now that it's warmed up you're getting a lot of smoke uh and a little bit of that dark fruit kind of mixed back into that
0: um so it is kind of it's like so being very like, weird i just tasted frozen thawed strawberries okay frozen thawed strawberries. Not, not, of, strawberries. not fresh strawberries but strawberries i've been frozen and then, and then re-thawed um, and like smashed and okay then and then was, you're
1: just eating the puree yep, yeah i
0: don't And it's
1: almost like enough to be a puree, yeah. So, um, you know, and it's funny, as as much as this did kind of caramel kettleize, or kettle caramelize, I'm sorry, I get my words backwards from time to time. So, you know, I would expect to have these huge toffee caramel notes, and I'm not really getting that. Mm -hmm. Like, the grains themselves are so instilled in what they do that they're just shining through. You know, at some point, you're picking up you know, the Dark Crystal and the 120 and you know, Crystal 80 that are all just working together to provide this wonderful dark fruit profile to the beer. And even though they're three different grains and have three different settings when they're roasted and provided to the brewer... They're all kind of providing the same flavor profile. And when you merge them all together in one batch of beer, you're getting all of that out of them. And you're going to get, you know, a little bit more out of this and a little bit more out of this grain. You're getting the dryness from the acitulated malt that got into it and, you know, the midnight wheat and the wheat and the, the rye that are all in this. And it's just, they're all so subtle, but they're all kind of playing so nicely together, you know, I mean, I'm fortunate that <laughs> some guys were really nice, some brewers out there were really nice to me and provided, um, you know, uh, some good strong base malts to pull this off, because uh, without that, I don't think this would have turned out as good as it did, uh, just from, uh, getting, you know, what I needed, uh, extracted from the beer, so I got, like, you know, Pilsner and, um, Somebody provided me honey malt. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, There's two row, Vienna, Maris Otter. There's more two row. There's, you know, it just, you know, great fermentations. Wes gave me grain sweepings over there. So, uh, and that's something that he likes to do. So it was kind of fun because you have all these brewers who like to use certain grains all the time or do something certain with A set amount of grains, you know. So Wes uses these grain sweepings to make these really delicious beers. And he's deciding on the hops at the last minute kind of thing. He has no idea what he's really getting. He kind of has a general idea what color he's going to get, maybe what. But he doesn't know if something crazy got in that that grain dust pile that he's sweeping up at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. putting into a bucket for himself. So it's it's kind of it was kind of fun asking him because then you know he's like can I just give you grain sweeping so I was like that's perfect like that that's exactly what this beer is about you know and I got honey malt from Cameron Fila because that's he likes using honey malt a lot so it's some of these guys that knew me were being very personal with it and I really enjoyed that part of it um, unfortunately because John wasn't with me I wasn't getting a lot of the personal touches but you know some breweries were kind of like, yeah, we use this all the time. We really like this grain. So it was just kind of fun to see that too. Um, now I kind of want to go back to that grain list and like, <laughs> grab them and buy them just so I can kind of do some small batch experimentation with yeah. these grains and, and play around with them or maybe ask the if anybody in the industry is listening in. I might be calling you <laughs> uh, for some samples that I can play with. Uh, but it's, that's what made this, this beer so much fun. And now watching all of these flavor profiles from all of these grains come together uh, is just... And, and turning out as, as great as it did um, is just fantastic for me. Like, this is... I envisioned this being going two ways: one, this way, <laughs> or just being a total nightmare. Uh, fortunately, the brew day was the only total nightmare of that. It was a fourteen-hour brew day. Oh, mm. uh, because I didn't catch on to the fact that I was boiling off. As fast as I was, why, why is my kettle not going? Uh, so there was a little bit of that, but you know, other than that, you know, this I think turned out great for what it was. Um, it was it was fun I would love to see us as a state all come together with as many breweries as possible and show up with a few pounds of grain and Mm -hmm. a couple pounds of hops and show up at somebody's system you know that can handle a big batch and let's just all throw it in there and have fun with it and make a melting pot beer I mean you know we we all have trails coming from somewhere and experiences coming from somewhere so it'd be great to just get together and share those experiences um, and, and have fun and that's also kind of why I chose to do something like this for for that reason alone it, it allowed me to kind of delve into the history of breweries in Indiana you know um, John down at Carson's the head brewer there he's He's had his foot in these doors and brewed on the system uh, for winning, you know, the Brewer's Cup. Uh, every every year, uh, best to Show winner at the Brewer's Cup on a homebrew scale uh, gets to come here and brew their winning rec- recipe. And we have a launch party for it. And we've been doing that since they've kind of started that, yeah. that program. So, uh, you know, and that's, that's the way we kind of give back to the community is to allow homebrewers to come in and play around in our system for a day and have fun with us and learn from one another. Mm And, um, you know, the first one I did was, it was a great experience for me. So it was just, I brewed a Vienna lager. I never, A, I never brewed one before. Uh, so, you know, to see a winning recipe and then kind of use our ingredients to mimic that recipe and, you know, or buy the specific ingredients that they have listed, and maybe tweak tweak a few things here and there so that it lines up better with how everything is going to work off of our system. Um, is is kind of fun to see and, and do, and then it's also fun to be able to put them to work a little bit too yeah. for the day. <laughs> uh, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, like I said, it's, uh, it's something I really enjoyed putting together and doing. And I mean, it took me pretty much Probably three months after I started working here to start putting this together uh, to get it
0: ready for November 14th. So, so you like started and then it was like, all right, I want to do that. You had this idea.
1: So I started just kind of by, all right, what brewery should I ask? Like, and what would be the meaning behind it? And does John have a connection to him, or do I have a connection to that brewer or that brewery or you know? It, it was a given I was going to ask, you know, the previous brewers from here, you know, because they're all still in the area, um, so it's, well, except for Gil, I couldn't really ask him, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he would have sent, maybe a bag of corn, I don't know, uh, yeah, it's just a little elbow nudge, I, you know, Miller Lite's actually one of my favorite, uh, you know, light drinking beers on a hot day when there's nothing else around, and I just don't want to get that drunk, so um, I do have favorites in those fields. Yeah. The fields, too, and you know, I sometimes I don't want an IPA, sometimes I just want beer, but not like this full-bodied flavored beer, yeah. so it's good to have those alternatives out on the market,
0: so it'll be sad if any of those go away. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said alternatives now. Like, that's, yeah, a, that's a now the difference. So, uh, where can people get last day at camp? They can come here. They're, this is going to be it. Only, uh, only place. You have yeah. to come here. You have yeah. to come to Broadway Brew to get it. have to, to come here.
1: Up. We're going to put it on our, our beer engine. Um, we've got two beer engines. Uh, one of them has ESB on it all the time. Uh, and this will go on the other one starting that day. Um, and past that, I'll be slowly releasing a barrel-aged version of this beer uh, each year, up until 30, and if for some reason I leave before that happens (laughs) uh, and go off on my own adventure, then uh, I'll make sure the other brewer knows that's what's going on um, with it, so uh, yeah, I mean that's the other thing that we like to do. We don't really distribute a lot. Uh, when we do, it's kind of pinpointing certain areas that might not be aware that we're around. Um, you know, we put beer on tap at Tom Tap a little bit. Um, you know, we're working with Kevin at 20 Tap so that we can get some beer on there and flowing in there mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Um, we're probably pinpoint a couple of other places where you know they're kind of buddies of mine and it just seems like a good location to put our beer uh and then past that i'll probably reach out a little bit past that scale but you know like i said being the only person i have to be the one that delivers the beer so <laughs> depends on how much work i really want to put into yeah, this how much uh, driving you actually yeah want to do. so uh hey if you're willing to come pick up the beer i'll <laughs> provide it for you all day long uh but, you know, I'm I'm limited on certain things, too. You know, I don't have a lot of kegs to play with and deliver out there, so it's something else I have to pay attention to uh, from my end. So, um, it, it's very limited. But this, as much beer as I'll end up having left of it after I put it into the barrels, um, which, let's see, be about... I going to say four barrels, Mm -hmm. three and a half, somewhere around there, by the time I get it into the whiskey barrels and transfer it and all that stuff. So that'll be three and a half barrels left of (laughs) of this beer. Uh, I'm going to imagine some of it will probably disappear quite a bit on that day, uh, because it is a special beer beer breed for that day. Uh, And then I'll just keep it on until, you know, it's out. I'll probably kick off a couple for festivals. Um, you know, we'll probably bring it up to the winter warmer in Lafayette and uh, definitely Winterfest. fest uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll have a couple of just normal cakes set aside for that, uh, or pins. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so exact date in November, one more time. November 14th. 14th, which is, uh, what day of the week is it's that? It's a Saturday. Okay. Uh, so you have no excuse. <laughs> Mark it in your calendar now. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting it in your calendar event right yes. now. 14th. Uh, Please... Sh- Please, 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 shut No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to beg you. You're going to do your own thing. All day? All day.
1: Uh, All day. uh, Open to close. Open to close. We're going to have live music. Uh, We're going to have a beer trailer outside, so you don't have to worry about getting to the bar every time to get a beer. Uh, You know, uh, it will be busy. The 24th was busy, so, uh, you know... Come get a spot if you want to sit all day. Uh, we'll have live music outside. Hopefully, it doesn't rain. Keeping our fingers crossed right now. Uh, and then uh, we'll have it's going to be kid friendly. So bring your kids. Can't use your kids as an excuse. Be here. <laughs> um, I'll have my little guy running around. Perfect. Well, not running around, basically being in my arms or my wife's arms. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be kid friendly, adult friendly. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have plenty of fun stuff uh, beer-related. We'll have a, an event page created on Facebook very shortly once we kind of narrow in some more of the ideas and get our press releases out. So uh, so keep an eye out on Facebook uh, and Twitter. Uh, we'll be announcing that uh, very shortly. Um, we do have uh, October 21st. It is. The start of the countdown to 25. So, okay, uh, we're gonna have beer specials that day. Okay, uh, come in. I'm not tapping anything special right now, um, just because I haven't had time. I've been focusing so much on the actual <laughs> day, uh, and and uh haven't had time to quickly prep anything for for that. But uh, we come out, and enjoy our beer. Um, we'll have have really good beer prices that day i can't remember
0: what the numbers are but there's an ev- event page on facebook if you want to check it out broad dot com and then i think it's at broad ripple brew pub on twitter correct it's
1: actually at br brewpub. there you go br yeah. brewpub. so uh yeah and uh, if you want <laughs> to follow me i do some musings outside of what the brew pub does but uh do talk about a lot about what we do have going on here mm-hmm. um we're also on Instagram, so check us out on every avenue.
0: All the social medias. <laughs> All the social medias, yes. <laughs>
1: Except for Pinterest, we're not on that.
0: Uh, it's, it's okay. That, I don't think that you one need. was for Phil. He'll get the inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's Phil on Pinterest. I don't know. You ought to ask. him. Oh God. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a little inside joke. He, when I, I worked midnights for a little while and. Uh, it was, he came in and hung out with me on one of my n- midnight brews, and it was the end of the, the brew day, and he, you could tell he was just starting to get to the peak of tiredness and uh, literally got delirious and wasn't paying attention to what I was saying, and just all of a sudden spurted out Pinterest, so uh, <laughs> he'll appreciate this joke, I hope. If not, he'll be mad at me and get over it, so... Uh,
0: Pinterest. Pinterest. Just, there Pinterest. you go. Pinterest, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, thanks for coming on the show this week. Hey, Chris, thanks for uh, coming to the brew pub. Um, feel free to stay and enjoy a couple more pints if you I would like. I might you're do so that. Fine. I might do that. That uh, sounds like a good idea. Oh guy. <laughs> Um, And thank you for listening to uh, I'm No Expert You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook Twitter.com slash noexpertshow Facebook.com slash noexpertshow As well as subscribe to the show at noexpertshow.com And if you want to keep the show ad-free And get exclusive bonus content Go to patreon.com And become a patron And help support the show every single week Jonathan again, thanks for coming on the show Thanks for having me on the show Maybe If I have off work or if I'm off work, I'll have to come down for uh, October 14th, yes. Broadable Brew Pub, 25th anniversary. Yes. Perfect. Alright guys, thanks for listening and I will see you next week.